0: I've always been a fan of film, grew up watching film. Me and mum, our main bonding point is film and stuff like that. So from an early age, mum always knew, or at least assumed, that I was going to go into some kind of movie-media-related thing, whether in front or behind the camera.
1: Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better Please make me better I want to get better 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 acquainted with you today we're getting better acquainted with tyrone hello tyrone hello <laughs> and uh, i'm talking to you today at the royal festival hall on um a sunday a kind of afternoon it's a really hot day but it's not sunny it's the worst combination <laughs> I feel like I'm just covered in sweat. (laughs) It's a delightful situation to be talking to somebody. And we've only just basically arrived at the venue together. So like often I'm talking to people a little bit before, but today Mm. we're launching pretty much straight in. And because we're at the Royal Festival Hall, listeners should know there'll probably be background sound at certain points. Um, There seems to be a big festival happening downstairs. There's loads of people downstairs. We're really empty in this room, but I suspect that means everyone will suddenly come out uh, at some point and we'll hear a crowd come out uh, behind us. So, uh, listen out for that, people. So, the first question that I ask everybody is
0: How do you know me? Um, I know you primarily via Smutslam. Like, that's where I've probably seen you and introduced myself to you. I knew of you beforehand with things like some stand up and tragedy, but didn't actually know you personally until actually Smutslam and meeting you in the room properly there.
1: Yeah right. So yep. yeah, we met at Smart Slam, which I co-produce, and it's happening um, on the second Wednesday of every month, uh, but not in August. Uh, we're back in September, and I met you at the Dog Star when we were kind yep. of doing our first night there. Yep. And you were filming. Yeah. And so it kind of is an interesting way to meet each other. Because I subsequently discovered that we kind of move in the same circles. Yeah. Um, but initially mm. I was like, oh, somebody who kind of does video yeah. work. And you do do video yeah. work. And that's something I'm sure mm. we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, but you also do spoken word yeah. stuff like that. And so you're out in the same kind of scene in the same mm. circles. You know, when I when I Facebook friended you, we yeah. had like, you know, lots in yeah. common. It was like, you know, over 20 yeah. um, mutual friends. Mm. So... Um, but we'd never really met yeah. until then. And you were filming a night mm. of true sex stories. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of worrying about it. I, don't, I can't remember if I was... I think I was... I, don't, I wasn't judging or anything. I was no. just, I was just yeah. fussing around <laughs> like, a, like a mother hen, which is what I do when I produce <laughs> nights. And you produced a really great video, actually. Mm. It's, like, very good at doing what we needed it to do, which yeah. is communicate what the night is. Yeah. Like, I really like that mm. video. Uh, and I tried to share it as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Since then, mm. uh, you've also been a judge at Slam. So we've met a couple of times yeah. apart from that. But really, we haven't really had... No. And I think, I think maybe this is the first time we've like probably sat down and had <laughs> a, a conversation. <laughs> or something, yeah. right? Like it's been more like kind of shouting in busy rooms <laughs> a little bit of information at each yeah. other and then sort of like mm. moving around. The second question I ask everybody mm. is what do you do now?
0: <laughs> um, my full-time day-to-day job is I'm a video editor. I'm a full-time video editor. I work for a company out in London Bridge... Um, and we like, uh, like form that. My, my, our main client there is MBA, so they do lots of promo video edits for MBA. But outside of that, I am a spoken word poet, so I'll do a lot of performances with that. And I freelance as a photographer and videographer, so I'll be doing lots of that stuff, as well as making my own little um, video projects just to fill the time.
1: Right, okay, so you're working doing film. Mm -hmm. You're also doing film and photography freelance. Yeah. And you're also doing spoken word. Are you running nights, right?
0: Um, Yeah, I've also run a monthly night called Boomerang Club, which is the first Tuesday of every month out in Hammersmith. I run that with a couple of friends of mine, and it'll be coming up to three years in November.
1: Wow, so you've got a lot of things in your life. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of them cross over with each other. I'm sure that'll have interesting element, like I find, mm. so I, I make a living, such as I make a living, yeah. I don't really make much mm. of a living but what, sometimes I get paid yeah. to edit other people's audio yeah. and I also mm. make audio yeah. For a, a hobby or a mm. passion,
0: or mm. you know, a hope that I'll get paid to mm. make my own stuff. Mm. So now you're in the same boat. Um, yes, I'm fully aware. Like for me, doing working as a video editor full time and that as my full paid full Monday to Friday salary paid job is enough for me, kind of thing. Which then leaves me all my free time to do whatever I want to on the side. So right. the freelancing is very much I will also essentially pick the fun jobs I want to do. So I'll film a friend's one person show, and I'll get I might get some money for that. But even still, it's like I was going your show anyway, but now not only can I see your show, I can film it, which I like doing, I can edit it, which I like doing. So it's two birds in one stone, and that's been a lot of the stuff that I've been doing. It's like, yeah. I was going to go to that night anyway, but now you're going to pay me to take pictures rather than me having to right. go and pay myself. So that works out for everyone involved,
1: yeah. But then it's like I find I don't mm. know if you find this, mm. but I find it's complicated doing the thing you love for money mm. and then doing it for love. Mm. Like at the yeah. same time, it's like mm. I'm still doing the same things mm. as I was doing yeah. all day, but. I'm doing it in my free time
0: now like, it's, I always, this is why I again because I've got the full time job it, it means that because of, because of what things I'm doing with the video stuff it's like I'm very selective in what I do so like when I am doing the things that I'm getting paid for like the freelance jobs and that side of it it's always for things that I really that really love. enjoy and really really love so I don't mind doing that That's stuff good. so like I've been, been able to find that balance in the same way that I'm not I'm not massively saying, I'm freelance video editor, I'll do any, any project. It's always just right. to friends of mine, so they'll ask, I'm doing my spoken word show, can you help me out with this one? It's like, yeah, sure, I can help you out with that, rather mm. than too much of random people I've never met before. Right. Kind of thing. Like, those ones I don't do as much, cause that's, <laughs> because that, that gets into a whole lot, I don't need to, that pressure in my life. I like right. doing it for friends, I feel, is the right level of pressure for me at the moment. Yeah, sure,
1: mm. and I mean, I guess it's like, you, you mm. do get the bonus of getting to see these nights, that yeah. so you... Uh, that you uh, would have gone to, as you say, anyway. But then then you do have the kind of... Like, that's the thing that people don't know. Like, editor, what it means is hours and hours and hours of going round and round and and doing this. Like, I I may be working in audio, Mm. you may be working (laughs) in video, but it's similarly, Mm. like wonderful engaging mm. exciting creative and boring right? <laughs> yes
0: it definitely has its moments and like <laughs> thank, fa- like a lot of what I do like um, especially filming people's like one person shows that's often I will set up two cameras I'm cutting between the two cameras in, in the edit set, process so it's fairly easy right. but there's been a couple of times I, like um, I just filmed Dan Simpson's show Artificial Intelligence which is a fun show to watch but then I, he asked me to do a trailer for that and it's like ooh this is going to be interesting now to try and cut them like, that, that's actual right, editing right. now and like okay and like trying to come up with a plan and especially because it's a spoken word show but I have to film the show rather than script it beforehand and plan out the trailer beforehand it's like okay this is an interesting one and especially with that one like I didn't have like with film as much time I had a lot more freedom of moving around and being selective what I got whereas the show really? the show is very much in, in progress and I can't really interfere not that interfered in Smart Slam but I, there was definitely a lot more you movement move I move around yeah, 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 yeah more so that I can do in someone's spoken word show especially if there only like five people in the audience right. sometimes well there's loads
1: of breaks in Smart yeah. Slam
0: for you to move around yeah.
1: to a certain extent whereas mm. in a show it's mm. distracting for you yeah. to move around yeah, kind of defeats the point yeah. of getting each video. Yeah,
0: and like especially with the shows as well. Like the show, you have to even for a trailer, you film all of it just in case you, whatever part you're going to use. Whereas with the trailers for stuff like, like Smart Slam, I can afford to move out, and move around like doing like Cameron toasting parts because that's doesn't need to go into the trailer sometimes. Like right. I know there are parts and moments to move when it's going to be less intrusive. Like I will pick one place for the story and I'll stay there for that one story. Yeah. Once that story is gone, I can move now and find like so. There are different challenges to that stuff, so, which I've definitely learned and got used to since. Right, and it's interesting what you say there. Like I find, I find that as Well, like people, mm. like
1: they might ask for mm. a short thing, yeah. But the shorter it is, often the more yeah. work it is for you, because yeah. If you're just giving them basically mm. the length of what the thing was mm. originally, yeah. it's no extra, um, yeah, work. Whereas mm. to get something the best bits of something, yeah, if like for five minutes mm. or three minutes or yeah. two minutes, oh, that's yeah. such an amount of work. Yeah, it's
0: like I, 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 in, I film a few nights as well, of it, and every now and then, like. I can send someone a performance with themselves, that's fairly easy to do. But especially if it's a two-camera thing, I'm editing the two cameras, doing everything, that's like, no, that's that's wrong now. Like, just sending you cutting off the start and the end that's easy. I can do lots of those. Right. But when you get more multi cameras or cutting out different parts, like no, that's too. That's getting a lot of work there. Right. Too much for for right now. So when did like you get into video? Um, I've always like I've always been a fan of film. Grew up watching film. Me and mum, our main bonding point is film and stuff like that. So, like from an early age, mum always knew, or at least assumed that I was going to go into some kind of movie media related thing, whether in front or behind the camera and like in terms of actually getting into it um, I properly got into it in sixth form when like picking A level etc i picked pick to do art but when I got to my new sixth form um, talking to the art teachers there this, as much as I got the right grades my style didn't match the style that they were teaching and like they just basically were to say we don't know how we can easily help you because I was much more of a graphic comic book based style for my art right. and they couldn't easily help and influence that and it's like we no. just we, 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 again you've got the right grade so you can stick with this if you want to that we don't think we'd be best for you. Oh, at, at the time it was like that's a bit sucky but I also understand it. But so in that same block there was also media studies. So I did media studies instead of art for sixth form and just kind of fell in love with it and was I'm good at this <laughs> went to go uni and Bournemouth did television production and just kept on doing it essentially.
1: Right, okay. And like and what were the first kind of video like filmic kind of
0: things you remember <laughs> in terms of making or watching
1: well well, yeah watching
0: first and like watching like I know my mum like I don't remember watching it in cinema but I know like the first films that my mum made me watch in cinema were Santa Claus and Toy Story right so those are two like um, in terms of ones that particularly stick out to me I remember, like when Mulan came on Disney kind of one time, like a while ago. That was one of the first times I literally sat down and just watched the film in one sitting. Was, like those are ones that stick out to me, and like since then there's been like other great film moments, and like. I'm thankful with the job I get that every now and then I can get to go to media screeners in Leicester Square so they'll stick out to me as like this is a nice experience to see the film before it's released Right. so there's been moments like that be it, in terms of the earliest ones it would have been things like the Disney films and the Toy Stories and the right. lands, etc
1: Right and and what like appeals what appeals to you about it like when you when you started
0: doing media studies and you found out that you liked it what, what was it that did, uh, that you liked well like in in uh, Try not to be that vain, kind of way. Like, what I liked about it, in, in, especially doing it in sixth form, was that I was good at it. Right. I, I just took right. to it very naturally and it worked really well. Like, I always just liked films and I, I like storytelling and that side of it, which is why I like spoken word and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I like the storytelling and I like the stories of films and that's always fun. But also, I happen to be good at it as well. So, well, that makes it easier for me. So, that I could, like I liked doing the editing and changing and stuff and having that kind of power kind of thing to like change and manipulate things in the after (laughs) process to some degree right right
1: yeah no I get that and so like when did spoken word happen for you
0: then Um, similar to media spoken word happened by accident Um, that was about when I was about 12 or 13 Um, the roundhouse had just opened up again starting to do um, summer projects and things like that and my mum trying to look for something for me to do over the summer signed me up for a video editing course at the roundhouse but especially at that time and how the roundhouse policy worked back then, they always oversubscribed their courses because people would drop out, etc. So you let's say you get a course for the 25 people because you know that only 20 will turn up and that's all you need kind of thing. But for the video editing course, all 25 turned up. It was like, we actually can't fulfil these numbers. We can't actually maintain that. Uh, right so in turning up on the day and not being able to do that, it's like, well, you've signed up for a course so you can do any of the other courses here. So it's like, OK, fine, I'll do poetry because why not? walked into the room, and there was no-one else in the room except for the teacher, which was Jacob Samuel Rose, and then like, I just fell in love with poetry and fell in love with him and have been doing it for 12, 13 years now because of that.
1: Right, and what was it that you liked
0: about poetry when you fell in love with it? I don't, like, I like the whole, it was the, like, Jacobus as a person is a really engaging person to meet, and, like, so having him for a week of teaching was, like, this is, like, a really, really fun teacher, and someone that makes me want to keep doing this, so I really like that, and then, like, since then, it's been the whole community aspect of it, and meeting new people, and similar to a lot of things, like, what I was saying with the whole film stuff, realising I'm good at it as well, and, like... It, it sounds like a crap reason to do stuff, well, because like, lots of things I've realised I do is not necessarily the whole, I've wanted to do this all my life, it's just, oh, I've t- turns out I'm good at this, but I'm going to keep doing it, because I'm good at it and I don't mind it.
1: I think that's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> reason to do something, though. I mean, yeah, if you find out you've got a talent for something, and you enjoy it, yeah. then of course, <laughs> of course you're going to do it, right? Do you see that there, there to be a similarity between <laughs> film and poetry?
0: Well, like for me, especially, yeah, like all my poetry have filmic references to them and all that stuff. But like just in general, film and poetry—they're all forms of storytelling to some degree. So that there is definitely some links between them. Obviously, different mediums doing it different ways, but nevertheless, same principle. If you're telling a story and whatever story you want to tell, you're conveying to an audience.
1: Right? Do you make them in similar ways? Then
0: my um, poetry stuff is very much observing stories and storytelling stories and scenes in yeah. my life, and like. Documentaries I've been making of late have just basically been talking to people about their thoughts and stuff. So like, it comes from a kind of observational standpoint. Both of my stuff, like I don't, I don't go for personal that often. With lots of the things I write and do of late, so most of it has just been here's here's me looking at something and what I've, what I I'm, I'm just presenting to you. This is the story.
1: Okay, so we're in a different sonic space. I think there's going to be some kind of music vaguely in the background, because I think we can pick up some of the music from the concert that's playing. um, And we were moved because of that concert, so we're in a different place uh, with a few more people in the background, and uh, even more likelihood, I think, of a load of people suddenly coming out (laughs) in the middle. Cacophony could come at any time, uh, but let's see. So it sounds like there's kind of a big read in the sort of the video work you're making at the
0: moment of a documentary
1: are you saying that your spoken word stuff is becoming less personal or Um, has that remained kind of in a personal vein uh,
0: my spoken word stuff started off as less personal it's becoming more personal now like I know like lots of the stuff I had beforehand I'm going to say like some of it's documentary related and some of it is very superficial stuff in the past like now it's a lot more like this is actually my own stories and my own feelings of things but I didn't address that as much in the past and like it was always that fun balance of the whole poetry thing that like lots of people write about their personal traumas etc and things like that and it's like I hadn't gone through many so I didn't have that stuff to write about so I can't I've got friends that write about like dead mothers and coming out as gay and all that kind of stuff and those are issues that have never come up in my life so I can't write that poem right. no. I can write about TV shows that I love <laughs> there we go well, there's that I mean people write about
1: lots of topics yeah. and
0: it's a company you know mm. it's definitely
1: I make a lot of work about my traumas <sighs> I think I prefer to have not yeah. had the
0: traumas oh yeah uh, so I think that's great. Like I think Weird, like, it's never me saying I want more traumas in my <laughs> right, life. It's just right, very right, aware. Right. Like you, you see lots of poets in the scene, and like am not saying they should never write about that stuff at all. Just you see some of the stuff they're writing about, and one of the collective things is often on the traumatic side of things. Such, yeah, that and they use poetry to deal with that, and that's how they do stuff. Whereas like for me, it's like that's just not my way of doing things. Like there was definitely a, mo- a couple of moments when it's like, everyone else is doing that kind of stuff. Maybe I should try and find the trauma or something like that. I so, said, no, I'm fine. I can just do my own stuff. It works <laughs> for me. Like, my poetry works fine. Like, it's gone down fine, so I shouldn't be trying to do what other people do. I just right. stick with what I should do. Right, right, right. So
1: you kind of, like, make make word that's kind of about kind of pop cultural stuff. Yeah. To certain extent. yeah. And you said, uh, you mentioned earlier on that you uh, were into comic books as well, yeah. right? Um, so, like... And, so, and you had that moment like where you wanted to kind of carry on doing comic book type stuff, yeah, so when did like comic books come about for you?
0: Um, I think it was similar in the whole story based stuff, and I like, always liking stories. I like the superhero story like um, obviously different people like films and entertainment for different reasons, and like, I like the escapism of stuff, so I like the escapism of comic books and that kind of crazy life so like growing up watching the batman animated cartoon series and stuff like that really got into things like that and then got into comic books and like that was my fun little thing because i i've never been the biggest reader of actual full-on books and novels but comic books are like the right level of mix of visual and also still stories and fun stories and like always a mix like i struggle with not struggle but like whenever watching entertainment things the real the very very real life drama this is how things actually play out kind of stuff I don't like that kind of stuff I like having a bit of the fantastical to it or like if you are going to do the drama I'll always take a house kind of TV show because that'll have yes there are serious life and death moments but also has the comedy in front of it whereas like I'm not saying it's a bad show, but something like Breaking Bad, is like that was almost like too serious for me. It's like, no, I need, I need some light-heartedness. And, right. and superheroes had the lighthearted and the over-the-top world saving and the whole soap-opfulness so of it. And it's like, I love it, I love it.
1: Right, I, I noticed on like, Facebook you talking about the Planet of the Apes movies yeah. and you liked them, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And I guess mm. that's a similar thing. Yeah. It's kind of like big, grandiose, kind of yeah. epic, sort of mm. fantastical elements. Yeah. I guess those films are also about quite
0: dark and serious things. Though. Yeah.
1: I mean, as as is Batman. Yeah,
0: we yeah, so like um, like with the Batman stuff and like the Planet of the Apes, as you mentioned, like yeah, there are again doing serious elements. I love seeing that, but also having a lighter side to it. It's like with the Planet of the Apes, they introduce a new character and he is a kind of essentially comic relief. And like there are light-hearted and funny moments to it, and also just the general principle of it's apes, it's a bit <laughs> stupid kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas yeah. something taking itself too serious is like I like I see what you're doing there, and I like the whole realism. I appreciate that. But like sometimes, like it's sometimes just a guy in a bat suit. It can just be stupid. Like we can have some fun with this. but don't have to right. do real life all the time. Like that. I, I like my films and stuff like that as escapism, and that's just my preference sometimes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I think it takes all
1: sorts of kind of. Art. Like I'm. I. I, I like. Some of the stuff that you're talking yeah. about, I also like some of the yeah. serious stuff, oh, yeah. um, mm. and I'm sure you do too. Everyone's mm. on a kind of yeah. spectrum around these things. Yeah, as is, you know, like we are with everything. You know, yeah. surprise, surprise. And everyone's varied, but mm. I think there's a lot. Like I can understand why you're kind of champion that yeah. uh, championing that kind of art, really, because mm. it's not, it's not, it doesn't get championed l- <laughs> a lot of the time. Certainly not. Yeah. certainly not on podcasts mm. from
0: artists. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also that one, like like, like especially, especially doing poetry, lots of different audiences. I feel like that's one of the things that easily connects a lot of people and like because I've got lots of poems like some every single one of my poems for the past couple of years has at least one reference in it whether the reference is in the title of the poem or the actual reference in the poem but it's very rarely about that reference but it's always fun doing those poems people and you can tell people get involved and say I I recognise that reference I'm listening and I'm paying attention kind of stuff and it's nice to get people involved in that little way and it's like okay cool that's a good way of getting people in sometimes well it's our shared culture yeah. like
1: our pop culture is our shared yeah. culture and often it can reach across groups right yeah. in interesting ways although there's also people like my partner she like grew up she didn't see like like everything significantly like she she didn't see uh, back to the future she didn't see like all yeah. gremlins she didn't see all the things that for my generation at least i don't know yeah. for in the same yeah. generation but uh, like there were the massive cultural yeah. uh, reference points, and I guess you'll see a lot of poems with yeah. cultural reference points, yeah. and they weren't mean. Uh, as well.
0: um, the weirdest, I say weirdest one. Um, my ex at uni had never seen Star Wars, Whoa. and like it's, it's one thing the whole never seen Star Wars. I feel like is that such a big thing? But it's also like we were both doing television productions, like. Like whatever you feel about Star Wars I'm not saying everyone has to like Star Wars but like we are doing a TV course and like TV and film and like Star Wars whatever your feelings on it was a big thing for film it's like how have you not watched that like that is like you have to watch that like there are some films like The Godfather which people say you should watch but you don't necessarily have to watch it whereas Star Wars like that changed that, that literally did change film like Godfather in some ways people say perfected film where but things like Star Wars like that literally changed the whole scene like there's no denying that it's like how have you not watched it? I don't understand. Well, maybe yeah. yeah. So I mean, some yeah. I yeah. Mean,
1: that's that's definitely a, the hardest way to yeah. say it. Like like because all of the arguments like, well maybe they're not into yeah. the film. Well, obviously yeah. she was on a film course, yeah. so she was into film. Yeah. Um, but I know and I know what you mean. Mm. I mean, there are definitely like those those films that I feel like, yeah, like. That are very useful to watch yeah. from a historical point yeah. of view, but then I guess everything's moving so sure. quickly as yeah. well. Like mm. sometimes it, it seems like going back to sort of the original Star Wars. Yeah. you're not you're not seeing like something mm. new now because you've seen so many yeah. other people do it better mm. since then. Kind
0: of thing. It's also well, like going back to the original Star. I, I will always love it, but I know people that obviously cos they've only now watched it after all the how big it's gotten now. It can almost never live up to those expectations, and you'll watch it knowing the plot twist, etc. You know the whole Vader revelation, etc. Right? So you can't see that in The Simpsons. That's the thing. Like I I often think, like The Simpsons is which is brilliant
1: using pop culture. Yeah. Means that a lot of us have got a lot of uh, pop cultural references
0: before we actually see the the, original. Even in my poems, I've definitely referenced a few things that I have not watched myself. Like in my. I've got my, in my latest poem it's about my mum and I mentioned um, Falcor the Loch Dragon though I've never watched NeverEnding Story I just needed it to fit in a reference there so Falcor is my reference even though I've not actually watched yeah. I just know of that and this is, like, there's definitely a couple of them it's like I know the reference don't know the thing right and, and, so
1: you've, and you've mentioned your mum quite a lot mm. like uh, so done, which is uh, which yeah. uh, implies that you've got a really good relationship yeah. with her right yeah uh, which I'm always in awe of <laughs> and respect like yeah. I don't have the best relationship yeah. with my mum um and uh, I find it's weird actually I feel like as a man if you don't have a good relationship yeah. with your mum if you say something mean <laughs> about your mum like like women and and people yeah. in general they're suspicious of you yeah. like why doesn't he like yeah. his mum what does that say yeah. about how he feels about women well spoiler alert she was quite abusive um, yeah. but like um, but at the same time I do love my mum I'm not saying yeah. I don't and all of that mm-hmm. stuff but you, you, you're kind of freely talking about your mum in yeah. really kind of yeah. Sounds like a positive, yeah. You, yeah.
0: Yeah, like um, so. Like, um, long story. my like, dad left essentially before I was born, so it's always been my mum that raised me. And like, right. we just got on really well together. Like, we just like it, 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 I'd have to assume it's part of this her raising me meant this worked out really well between us, and we just became friends. But we have essentially just become friends through this stuff. Like, we like I still live with her because she lives in, in Zone One, Camden. I was not moving out of that house anytime soon. <laughs> I'm not planning on moving out of that house anytime soon. But like, we we do just generally get on. We both like film and we're up watching film and like, we each have like an, the Odeon Limitless card so like she'll go to cinema once a week we have similar film tastes not completely the same but similar enough that, that we'll enjoy lots of similar things she is a fan of poetry like she's the door door person for Boomerang Club our night like she comes to the stuff and like she's been coming to the stuff ever since I've been doing it so she knows a lot of the poets that I know and like her friends like she'll know the Cat Francois and the Gerald Taylors and his Facebook friend of them like when my mum went to Trinidad a couple of um, months ago she was talking to Cat Francois about what does she need to know for Trinidad and they're just messaging and hanging out, etc. Because that's just what they do. It's like my mum's been di- been like involved in my life quite a while. Like in my poem, I mention how like um, she comes to all my football matches, all my poetry nights, etc. Like, she's always been there for me, and it's like we just get on really well. Right. I mean, that's really nice, and I know what you mean as yeah. well.
1: Like I, I I may have a com- complicated relationship with my mum, but I definitely would call my dad a friend. Yeah. Right? And we we've, we've had a genuine friendship. Yeah. And in fact, me and my dad's friendship has been a lot of the time through film yeah. like he he was a documentary filmmaker yeah. before I was born when I, once I was born he was retired like, he, yeah. uh, like so he's, he's older than most yeah. of his uh, parents and he kind of brought me up yeah. uh, in a similar way it sounds like like your mum brought you up and was the one who was giving you yeah. all of the, mm. the good stuff so I can relate to that and mm. are you an only child? yeah only child yeah. right 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 yeah. so I'm not an only child yeah. there's fucking loads yeah. <laughs> of us in different complicated ways yeah um, But my dad was an only child, and I think that's an interesting position to be in. I mean, that makes it yeah. easy to have like a, like to still yeah. live with your mum and not uh,
0: like all of that stuff because yeah. there's no no one else is competing yeah. for the room. And, well, so no, so yeah, what? It, it was also like my, um, the whole, like the whole the short history of our family is like mum was adopted into a white family in Norwich when she was born. Oh, wow! So that was so that was her upbringing. Like she left um, and she went to uni and came to live in London. So they're still all out in Norwich, Nipswick. So she she is the only one over here, and therefore the, so when, when I was born, it was just basically us two here, whilst they were all out over there. And like she, she still got close relationship with family etc but one she was the youngest of that lot so like she's i'm not yet but like she's about 10 years younger than a lot of them kind of thing so like she's always a bit younger than them like they're still family they we still see them a lot when we can but like it's very much there's a separation between us just because of physical separation of we're london we are very city people now they are very grew up on farm we live over there and that side of it so there's there's differences there, but it's always—it's never been like, oh, we're not family. It's just like we are separate family. Very lucky and a, and yeah. a, and good
1: that you and her are friends, yeah. right? Because it, it means yeah. that you, you can be friends and family yeah. and have that kind of a thing. That's really
0: good. Yeah, and like in, like, in, in a similar way, what, yeah. what was really really nice. So um, I've been with my girlfriend since April of last year, and like um, in July of last year, my well, I, I was at a festival um, in um, called Nodstock, and like whilst I was at that festival, my mum started a WhatsApp group with me, my girlfriend, and her. So we have got this the WhatsApp group for the three of us. It's that she's called. She, she's called fam. <laughs> so we've got we had have had that what's like what's like, what's like been going for like almost a year now and like nice. so like even even with the girlfriend like she's now part of the family to some extent and like it's definitely it helps my because like her she's German and like her family's out out in Germany so she didn't have the family here so like mum has almost taken her in as like you're part of our family you're, you're you're one of us now you're here now and like that's always been nice but like, my mum is just she's always been like a key factor in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, there's like, the, there's a lot of
1: cliches around, uh, well, single mothers and people growing up like just with their mom. Yeah. And I guess some of that's also around there's racial yeah. stereotypes around yeah. that. Like, a, like, how do you feel about that kind uh, of uh, element? I, sort of I,
0: I, I've started to address that a bit more in my poems, actually. So um, one of the most recent poems I wrote is a Star Wars poem, which is very loosely about Star Wars, but the whole premise is I don't think much of Danger Luke Skywalker were black which includes the line and his father would still leave him and like, and like that kind of stuff and playing on those kind of black right. Like, I've I definitely addressed that a lot like I'm aware of the stereotypes and like I don't think it's affected my life too much in the whole. my mum has just been that good there's never been an issue right, right, right. but I'm also aware that is a cliche stereotype I mean there's loads of yeah. great like
1: single mothers young my, my, I mean my my, my sister had uh, her daughter when my sister was 16 when she had it, right so she has to deal with a lot of kind of cliches and stereotypes around this stuff and her daughter uh, is half Jamaican as well so there's a lot of extra
0: stereotypes Mm. going on around all that stuff well it's one of the things I don't think is exclusive to one race more than anything else it definitely happens I know friends have happened too but that's not a race exclusive thing it's just something that's happened men aren't aren't encouraged to be part of their children's lives and then
1: like you know obviously they're not going to have the same relationships uh, that mothers are who are sometimes pushed to be so much there, you know, about their kids yeah. and not about themselves. You know, so it's it's super complicated. But it's really nice to hear. Like, I've done a lot of like I've worked with kids as well. So like I've had I've done a lot of like been sent to because I'm a man as well. And if yeah. you work with kids, you get sent to all yeah. the dad stuff. Yeah. Like you're like so I've I've been to yeah. a lot of like events about like. Uh, dads who've left their families and like how to change all that stuff and like sometimes I'm like listening to stuff and I'm like yeah it should yeah some of this stuff should be changed but you've got yeah. to remember that there's loads of people just happy yeah. in their lives like without that like and do you, do, how do you feel
0: about the absence of your dad I guess like, I, I've never worried about like because I think it's di- not different for me but because it was never a case of, like dad was there then he left I've never noticed the absence I've always gone up with just me and my mum so right, it never right, felt right. like an absence it just felt like this is just what it's used to be and this is what it's meant to be and it's fine and like there's been I've never had any times I was like I need a father figure in my life and if i never had those moments so like my mum has <laughs> right, always my mum has always been enough for me and like well, I'm not saying that he was a father figure but like, when I met Jacob at like, 12 years old for the poetry thing like I wouldn't say necessarily he was a father figure but he was a nice role model to have yeah. at that age and, Like, so I've had role models in other aspects but like I've never felt like I'm missing a father figure and like, right. my dad did eventually get back into my life not properly but like so I've met him we know each other we've got each other on Facebook and things like that so there are definitely ways to contact him but I've never been like you know what I, I, I need my dad let's make this a thing again it's just been like okay nice to know but that's it there's a whole load of assumptions that are always put around parents and like uh, one of
1: the things I also think is people think it's it's not always good if your parents stay like I I had a stepdad and he was not like a good model of what what I would have liked in a dad Um, and I had a great dad too so I'm lucky in that respect but like um, you know I, I think there's people out there who just have terrible mums yeah. and dads yeah. and would be better like not being with either of them so it's it's so complicated like we we try to like draw these narratives yeah. like I feel like as someone interviewing you there's one of these ways that you know you're supposed to go like right tell me about your childhood what's <laughs> yeah. your trauma and you've already said you don't really have it yeah right yeah, yeah, how old are you? Weird question. But like, <laughs> um, I'm 25. Right, okay. So there's 10 years. There's different films that will have yeah. reference points. Yeah. I studied film at school, and then I haven't studied film much since then, but yeah. I am like into it. I mean, are
0: you into feature films? Like, yeah. Is that where you want to go in the end? Or? There was definitely one point when I wanted to go into feature films, and it's that thing where if someone turned around and offered me right now do I want to make a feature film, I would say yes to that. But I'm also not actively... Work on the career ladder to do feature films. Like I like for me personally, I'm always going to am I happy is what I'm doing making me happy and like at the moment like the, the situation I've got at my job is a really really nice one for right. me like it's a fairly laid back office it's doing stuff that I fairly much enjoy there's a good relationship with people that I work with they are very encouraging of my extracurricular stuff and like they are supportive of my poetry and my freelance and stuff and like they'll lend me um, some of the work kit to help out the freelance and stuff yeah. it's like yeah. there's lots of good elements to it so it's like I'm fine right now like, I, again if, if someone asks me here here's money make a film I will happily make that film but I'm not actively pursuing that because I'm happy right now and I'm fine it seems like you've got a lot of things going on in your life (laughs) as well yeah I mean do you find it's a bit too much sometimes Um, this past week was definitely a long one like um, work got very hectic plus there were a few things I got asked to do outside of work and like they were hard hard to say no to because either they were like for good um, career progress or like paid opportunities stuff like that like I did Walthamstow Garden Party last night, um, and I had two friends' birthday things on Saturday night and Friday night. Um, I had a client drinks at work um, after on Wednesday night, and it's like I had to, I had to go to Smutstown after. That, like I need something yeah, to, just my own yeah, yeah, just to yeah, relax. You, yeah, to, you did Yeah, yeah. It's like, so part of it like, similarly I went out with a friend on Thursday so like, part of it's like I know I've got a lot of work things on so I almost overcompensate and balance that with some social things to keep myself sane As like I need to see my friends and like, keep that going so yes I'm busy doing work things on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Saturday so I'll fill Thursday and Friday with things that these are friends, friend I'm not a friend I'm fine that balances me out well that's good i mean that's good it sounds like you're getting getting a handle on it even
1: though i'm sure sometimes it doesn't feel that way when it doesn't quite when things don't quite slide into
0: yeah. place oh like uh, i am yeah last week was definitely difficult because like looking at how my July was panning i was meant to be doing a feature set next saturday at a friend's birthday which had been an all-day thing and it's like that would have been another weekend when i'm doing something again and it's like that got cancelled it's like as much like it would have been a paid gig that would have been wonderful also i can rest yeah that's good too i i I will take the rest i'm like i'm I'm definitely
1: in the the state like where when things are cancelled i'm like yes yeah some free time yeah yeah um and so another 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 thing that you've kind of you mentioned that your mum supports you in is football right so how how long have you been into football like
0: um i feel like i've always been a football fan um mum I've always been a football fan as well so she raised me on football Some we've raised me a film she often jokes especially when I was younger I didn't necessarily support one team I had a couple of teams but she then steered me on the Tottenham path (laughs) so I've been a Tottenham fan since for a while now I don't play as much as I used to just because there's not as many people that do play anymore but when I can I do if not it's FIFA um, it's family trips out to watch football etc like it was never a requirement when I was looking for someone. But like, girlfriend happens to be a football fan. It's like, well, that makes this a hell of a lot easier. Like, <laughs> obviously, like, different friends are different things and, like, girlfriend doesn't have to fulfil all my needs. But it's like, but if you're a football fan, that's an added bonus. Right. So, like, we'd go, like, dish, like, she's a Dortmund fan, but obviously she's a fan of football in general. So when Tottenham were in the Champions League, we'd go to Wembley together, and, like, so me, her and mum, all to watch Tottenham play there. And, like, she's up for watching football stuff. So, like... It's always been a fun part of my life, and it's one of those things where, again, don't, I don't look fit in a friend because I, I don't expect all my friends to have it. Because surprisingly, a lot of poetry people aren't into football, surprisingly. So it's like when yeah, I do meet someone, it's like, surprise. well, that's a good, well, that's a good, that's a good, that's gonna take the friendship up another level there. That's right. a nice little bonus there. Right, I mean, it, it does sound like, like I, I, I
1: like, the, uh, this, like this kind of, this group of you, you your mum and your girlfriend <laughs> yeah. going and just like enjoying yeah. all of these things, it's like, it's how the world should be, yeah. and, so, and so, like, what, what made you decide
0: to start running your own night? Um, I didn't decide to start running it, um, so it, it'll, be cu- it'll be three years come November, it was started by two of my friends, Jake Wildhall and Joel Autison, um, they started it, and like, I knew Joel beforehand, I didn't know Jake, but I came down to it for either their second or third month, just as a, let's go see what this night is, because it's a new night done by people that I know. And then I went, I went a couple of months and then started taking pictures at it because like, I had the camera. It's so like, I want to start taking more pictures and stuff. I took them at the night and they, because I was doing the open mic as well and taking pictures they were like do you want us to get involved a little bit more so it eventually became more and more official to the point it like, you're going to be now part of the team that runs the night so now I'm, I'm now hosting it with them and organising with right, them okay. and taking the pictures and filming it and doing lots of the social media stuff etc so it's all well, just evolved from there You sound like you're doing like, like a lot of different <laughs> things like you've got like your, like a lot of arms going out from you at yeah. the same time when you're doing that night like I, I, don't mind doing that Like I work better doing stuff. Like I work better doing more than one thing. Like because like especially because it's a team of us. Like on the night, Jake will do a lot of the hosting, a lot of the talking side of it. I will do a lot of the just because I, especially I, I, like enjoying poetry by, by watching pitch because I get I get distracted way too easily. So it's nice to have something to focus me on. Right. So okay. ha- taking a pictures helps me focus on on things a bit more more. So at night stuff like that. So it just we work and complement each other fairly well and like. I need stuff to fill my free time like, I don't like sitting down doing nothing so it's nice balancing it and like especially this spot on it's a fairly easy one to run because like we've got the venue that's pretty much sorted so we need to book features every now and then cool features booked let's put events on Facebook we're done not not that much right once you've got a, a night yeah.
1: going for long enough it's yeah. a, it can
0: become just a kind of scene, yeah. you know, once a week you do this yeah. set of things but, yeah it? So, yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel like too much stress or anything. It feels like okay, it's, it, it runs. It not runs itself, but it does enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, it, and like, so, you're like, you, you're doing that monthly. Yeah. Have you found that that's changed, like, your approach to
0: poetry or your approach to, like, just watching or promoting or being on the other side of the... um, it? It's been interesting. Like, I wouldn't say it's you changed, like, what changed that was going to, going to lots of events, like... I, I've been doing poetry for like 12, 13 years when I first started doing it I was doing it via workshops and things of apples and snakes because Jacob's linked to them quite a, quite a lot yeah, right. so that was my involvement to it it was only when I came back from uni and like, getting back into the London scene again that I started going to a lot more of the open mic nights as I was describing it to a friend like beforehand I was doing it with apples and snakes at workshops and schools and things like that and only when I came back I started doing it in pubs and in the open mics and that kind of stuff and like that's when got I got really involved in it and with doing that, we were doing our own night. Okay, we were getting people that we've seen at other nights and bringing them down to our night. But we then got to a point which I think a lot of people get to where it's like, cool, I've had that a few months of going to all the events. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to take a break. I don't need to go to every single night. So then we've changed that we don't go to as so many nights, and the night has changed in that we've got more of a regular people that come all the time rather than different faces all the time.
1: Right. And, like, being someone who does poetry and football, like, do you find, like, people are people and they're not, like, as as cartoonish as this, but do you find that when you're, like, in the poetry scene, like, no-one gets football, (laughs)
0: when you're in the football scene, no-one gets poetry, or is Um, there more crossover than people would expect? There's definitely some crossovers. Like, the main crossover I've I've noticed is that... I feel like a lot of poets that I know don't engage in mainstream culture like they don't engage in the top 40 music artists and stuff like that right, right. which I stay involved with like I stay involved with all the latest films and stuff like that I will watch all the latest films I'll stay up with all the latest news so it's much so it's more to knowing that okay these friends are definitely up to date with everything these friends don't like I've got um, I went out for Pride um like, like last weekend or whatever and like we were at D A Y late and like some of the music they were playing like we, I was out like, with poets and some of them they knew some of the songs not all of the songs like Taylor Swift came on and was like I don't know who this is and it's like it's Taylor how, how, how do you not know this kind of stuff so it's, there's definitely there are definitely moments, but it's, it's, you can definitely tell some friends are more engaged with mainstream culture and stuff than other friends so it's more that than anything else like, I've got so many references in my poems that I'll get some friends come up to me go like I have no idea what you just said <laughs> like, like, again, I, I, thankfully my poems I like to say are good enough that you can get past just the references like with my Star Wars one yes there's Star Wars references but it's much more about fatherhood etc and that side of it so people get the gist of it nevertheless like no idea what that meant I've actually got um, my favourite one one time I've got um, a poem called I Am Groot so obviously I'm um, dealing with the whole Guardians of the Galaxy thing, and I had someone come up to me. and like, cool. What's a group? It's like, oh, okay, good, good, okay, fair enough. Cause I don't, I don't just nature, I don't feel the need to explain the reference because either you get it or you don't, and I feel like it'll stand up for itself. Nevertheless, sometimes like, no, you you, you don't get that reference at all. Good to know. Good to right. know. Wasted on me. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: it, it, it's it's an interesting thing. Like, like you say, people who plug out of culture yeah. and people who plug in, Like, I try to keep abreast of yeah. these things myself yeah. as much as possible, but I think mm. I have lost, like, yeah. I am not no longer mm. on the cultural pulse. Yeah. Like, five years ago, I could have told you about what music was coming yeah. out. I don't think I could do that anymore, <laughs> yeah. um, which isn't to say that I, I'm i not interested in yeah. new stuff. In fact, I, I'm more interested in some ways in new stuff than old stuff. Yeah. But, it's just having the time to stay abreast of of culture has become so different with the internet right like I I I guess I was I I guess I was looking at like this idea of like so you've got millennials and then you've got the next generation um, and like I'm like the generation where we kind of we went to primary school there was no internet yeah. but in secondary school the yes, internet happened. happened so yeah. we kind of, yeah. we're like a crossover yeah. whereas you've had the internet I guess like in your yeah. kind of consciousness yeah. pretty much yeah. forever right mm-hmm. for your life yeah. so but you sound like you're someone who's keeping up to yeah. date which, uh, like, yeah. how do you do that
0: um, a lot of it's Twitter Twitter helps with keeping up to date with a lot right. of stuff like, I'm just a very active person on Twitter but like, I, I think a lot of it comes from my love of the film and the film business to be fair like, I've got um, a you. There's a YouTube channel I watch and Collider videos who so will do a daily uh, movie tour hour hour show. We will do all the latest news and movie stuff. It's like I'm staying up to date with all my movie stuff on a very regular basis. My mum likes a lot of pop culture and pop and like TV stuff. So she likes the pop bands. Like I went to go watch The Wanted with her for Mother's Day a couple of years back. Like so we stay up to date with our modern music and we enjoy. Them. I enjoy the modern music and yeah, simple yeah. music. So it's just. It's more that than the fans. I just happen to enjoy that stuff. A right, 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 right. So it happens to be what you're interested in. Yeah. And, but it sounds like, as well,
1: you've, you've got a lot of different things going on in your life, but you're yeah. also still making time to, yeah. to like listen to the film shows yeah. and, and keep up to yeah. date with, the, with what's going on out there. I mean, it, it sounds like you're, you're not somebody who has many kind of moments of quiet, <laughs>
0: silent kind of contemplation. <laughs>
1: Would um, you say that's fair? Or is definitely. That-
0: like, um, I, I don't notice it as much until people keep mentioning how busy I am, kind of thing. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I probably am, I probably am that busy. But, like, I don't feel like I am, because like, I'll be busy, therefore I will plan something to do. So, oh, I'm not doing anything, let me plan something to do. Right. And then I end up doing a lot of things, and, and I, I don't notice it as much of a thing. I just, I just like, this is just what I do in my life, and then people will tell me I'm busy afterwards. So, okay, okay fine, then, apparently I'm doing a lot. But it's, If you're happy, you're happy. Yeah. Like, like, that's good, but, like... Mm definitely
1: feels like you're someone with a lot of energy like I don't know how where you're getting it from uh, I guess like, it'll go a, well,
0: a little bit in the next 10 years before you get to buy it like but. it's partly energy but also like it's partly things that I like doing like um, so at work we've got um, a, f- a film not a film studio but like a little studio we can film in at work and like of late they've let me start take, like, taking some practice portraits and filming stuff in there as well like on the weekend so like I had some friends down last weekend to do some portraits with them in the studio, and that was very much. Yes, it sounds like I'm doing extra work because there was no need to do that. I just to for the fun of it. But like, I like doing that because was like it's a comforting thing for me. Like just taking pictures and like having a conversation whilst also just taking pictures of them was very relaxing to me. It's like I'd much rather do that. So like that weekend, I. um got closer with a friend, but like, two friends I hadn't really talked to before, and got caught up with three friends that I hadn't seen in a while, so like, that was a good weekend of catching up with five friends, whilst also taking portraits and working on my skills, so it's like right. two birds, one stone more than anything else, so like, even with even in the documentaries I've been doing, like they've been very much, come round to my place I'll sit down in front of a camera, we'll spend 20 minutes asking questions but then we'll hang out, so like, it's always been like, yes, there's some active side to it but it's also hanging out with friends so I don't ever feel like it's too much work and still hanging out with friends and this is just the thing we're doing so sometimes we we'll go to a pub sometimes I will put a camera in front of you right. that and that side of it that you know, makes you know, sense I yeah. mean
1: as somebody who does a show like this I, I, can, yeah. I can relate to that to a certain extent I mean so
0: what? how do you decide what to make documentaries about? Um I don't, I don't even know to be fair, like, um, so I've, I've done two documentaries, um, the first one I did in 2015 it's called New Shit and it's the open, it's a documentary on the open mic scene, um, primarily the open mic scene in London where I got 22 poets that I know and basically just talks about what they like about the open mic scene, what the things they love about it, the things they don't love etc, just because like, I've got friends, we go to open mics, it's a thing we have in common. And then from that, the um, print I've been working on this year, which I, it's an epi- epi- episodic one, whereas that was a one-off one, was about poetry slams, because like in doing and talking to poets after poetry nights and like stuff like that, poetry slams come up a lot, and there's a lot of mixed feelings. It's like, screw it, I'm going to talk to you about that, and let's get it on camera, because I feel it will definitely From like, I, well, if I'm enjoying talking about it, maybe other people will enjoy Absolutely. talking about it, so... It, so it's more this deciding like, oh people we talk, we naturally talk about this let's just document it for the sake of documenting it now
1: right and so your documentaries so far are kind of like focusing again like on an area of your life that you're already yeah. doing so it's quite yeah. complimentary yeah. in a good way so you've relatively recently moved to doing photography as yeah. well as video mm-hmm. right yeah and I guess that's come out of using cameras yeah. I mean like what's why did you make that that additionally <laughs> and, uh, and, and what
0: do you get from, from photography apart from uh, just talking well that, that that kind of literally was why I started right. doing it though okay, like, it, it, it literally was I've got taken my camera because I I started um, filming events because um, I used to be a part of a collective called Burn After Reading we had a monthly night out in Bethnal Green and moved to Covent Garden and basically through that night we were getting people from our collective to perform and it's like well I'm going to record you so you can see yourself after the performance because it's a nice tool to have so I started filming it a bit then it's like, well, I can, I can make this better, and I can do more. Then I can do even more. I can even do more, stuff film even even more stuff. And then it also, it's like, well, I've got my camera here. I can also take pictures because pictures are cool too. So start taking pictures, and then doing more and more. It's like, I can do better. I can do better at this, and then enjoying, learning and doing that. So then start taking more gig event photos and stuff like that. And then from then it's like, well, like, if I can take photos at gigs. I can also plan photos and take portraits which are not just capturing the moment I can create the moment oh yeah I can do that too and just learning and figuring out that and like with the portraits it's been fun just testing out what I can do but I'm working on a new project now where I'm trying to showcase um, people in poetry and the people behind the poems, because like, the, there's not many people documenting the poetry scene in general in the first place. And even still, lots of document, documentation has been I'm going to film your performance and that'll be it. And like, there's some great videos and performances, but that's it. There's not many interviews out there on YouTube and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot more podcasts coming out, which are great, but there's not many video content. Like, There's not many sit down interviews and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I can fill that gap, I can do that. And similarly, I, I, can, I can fill the portrait gap because not, not many people doing it poetry-wise and, like, linking it together. And, like, one of the things as well that I've been interested in is, like, trying to create stuff that, that needs other things to exist. Like, so, like, um, making a poem that needs the portraits to back it up in some extent. So like, the project I'm working on now, I'm asking poets to write a portrait poem and however they interpret that. They write that poem, will send it to me, and then I'll take a series of portraits on them based off of the poem they wrote. And then I'm gonna film them doing that poem, and then I'm gonna have a conversation with them about poetry in general and I have that all existing in one kind of website where look, kids got portraits, you've got poems, you've got you got conversations with poets. That's brilliant. And kinda really and good. that whole showcase and the like, yes, there's the poetry, but there's also there's people involved in this too. Let's get to know the people a bit better and see about the people. And I'm like, yes, we still have the poetry involved, the poetry is still a big part of it but there's more to it than just these are poets these are poems. these are people too let's see that yeah no that's a really good
1: idea I think that's a really strong I, I'd, I'd be interested in that like the, I like the I like what you do, like, I like the idea of yeah, doing it in lots of different mediums yeah. um, and it's, it occurs to me as well like you've, you're you someone who's kind of grown up inside the poetry yeah. scene right so you, yeah. you got into it when you were kind of 12 yeah. right yeah. and like so, so, you you're in quite a good position to sort of yeah. see these kind yeah. of connect people mm-hmm. up and yeah. and document the scene in, in general mm-hmm. because you've you've lived yeah. it you've grown with mm-hmm.
0: it. Well, I, like uh, I've been talking to a couple of friends about this kind of stuff. And, like I've n- I always like, there's a couple like um, issues between people in the poetry scene every now and then. There'll be in, in, in any in any scene there'll be issues. But like I've managed to somehow stay as a neutral party. Just like I'm documenting it. I'm doing it for fun. Like. I, I don't say never but I'm not the biggest fan of having a poetry career that's not what I'd want to do so I've, I've always been doing it for the fun of it and just meeting new people for the fun of it and like growing up through it like I got into it before it was that big a thing so like the whole Banks of the Gun group, 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 group was like, I knew them a lot before it was as big a thing as it is now kind of thing and like I've got so many people on my Facebook friends list that I would call actual friends it's like oh yeah you're a big deal like um I knew like polar bear and like before he was like as big as he is now kind of thing and like right. the fact that like we just talk about football stuff etc. Then I'll turn around and my friends like oh my god you were talking to polar bear and it's like yeah that's not a big deal kind of thing and like <laughs> I will just again the fact the whole cat fans was and Joe Taylor is that my mum can message them and that's a normal thing it's like, oh yeah these are people that are now big people in it but like just in general doing it for so long I've been able to follow a lot of how it's been changing so long and see like, okay well this is what people are doing with their great stuff but no one's doing this thing then then, I, then I'll do that and like then you've got things like free Apples and Snakes and able to go across the country a bit and see other people around the country and seeing how that's changing and like for Edinburgh Fringe seeing that and seeing how what different people are doing there and it's like I, I just can keep my finger I, I like I think I just like keeping my finger on the pulse of a lot of things like whether it be film or TV or music and poetry as well and seeing okay this is what people are doing like I'm not saying they're the best thing in poetry. I, I, do, I do love them, but I'm not saying they're the best. But like, the loud poets up in Scotland are doing a lot of things yeah, that yeah. lots of people here don't know about. And it's like, well, look, they're doing a fucking drunk slam. Why is no one here doing that? Like, if, if, if no one's doing it, I will eventually have to do that. But like, there's things going on, and it's like, there's fun things in the poetry scene that people just aren't aware of because they're so used to this not bubble here, but like, they, they, they're living in London. They know about London. That's fine. That's great. But it's like, there's other things. And like, yeah, I know about other this other things. stuff. So. Yeah it'd be rude not to I've actually um, of late whenever I go to open mics now like, if there's someone if there's a poet that I actually like I will properly stop and sit down and I'm, like, I'm talking to you I'm going to get to know you we're going to have a coffee or something at some other point and we'll actually talk about poetry and what you're going to do with it like, especially if I can tell like you are into poetry and want to do more of it like I've met um, two people of late, uh, um, Bella Cox and um, Sarah Richardson, and like both of them are great poets in their own right. And you can tell, like, okay, you are really into poetry. Let's talk about this because I, I know people. I can I can tell you stuff that you might not know because you're new to London. Right. Mm. And
1: it's good. It's not. It's mm. good. And the arts mm. needs this. It's good yes. when, the, when when individuals have an instinct. And I hope mm. I ha- I have a, a little bit of that instinct yeah. too, of like how to connect yeah. different people mm. up, and like yes. that's so useful mm. because yeah. you know otherwise. Mm. We only have the networks that we're all used to, which is, yeah. you know, set kind of media networks. We're kind of, like, yeah. able to hopefully link yeah. people from different it's, groups.
0: It, it's that whole thing of, like, the idea of, like, what would you have wanted when you were growing up and doing it? because kind of right. like. I've had a few people that have watched the documentaries and mentioned, like, oh, like, like I, I, when I first moved to London, I watched that, and that was really helpful to me to see what was going on in London. It's like, that that's thats all I made it for. Like That was the thing about it, like, seeing that kind of stuff and... Ha- hearing other people talk about it. it's like there you go that's like, my work is done kind of thing
1: yeah mm. I mean I see that and also like I guess you seem to be someone who's like really sucking the marrow out of life you're, like <laughs> doing all of the and, and it seems like yeah there's an element of like yeah you've got a stable job that you yeah. like that's yeah. a great thing yeah. um, and that's allowing you to do all yeah. of this stuff around you and I'm not mm. suggesting yeah. that your life is going to be easy either no one's life's <laughs> yeah, easy I'll, yeah but, like, certainly it sounds like you're like really making the most of mm. your 20s in a way I wish I'd made the most of my mm. 20s
0: in that kind of mm. way, I guess. Well, a lot of it is, like, a lot of the things I did is like, I will test it out, realise, oh, I can do that, that worked. Well, let's keep doing it then. Like, with the documentary, like, um, I made the first documentary partly because I wanted to do something good for the scene, but also because um, I'd been working for two years at that point, like, in the full time job. And, like, it was, I was enjoying it. There was still an element of creativity to it, but very aware that. I am working on other people's briefs and other people's work rather well, than my own stuff so it's like let me do something that's my own and my own creative thing like it's not the most visionary piece of filmmaking ever but it's, just, it's a fun thing that I did on my own to see if I could yeah. and I did and it's like lots of it's like can, can I do this? I can cool let's see if I can keep doing it I can right. is, is it to a good standard? yes it is apparently it is cool and just, I'll keep doing it because I can
1: right and a good thing mm. I mean, it also seems like you're, you're not someone who's like who, who isn't interested in improving their oh, stuff. Yeah. Like you go like, oh, I can do this mm. well, how can I do it better? Yeah. And that's a really mm. great kind of mm. attitude to have. Like mm. I'm very impressed and kind of slightly, quite <laughs> e- slightly jealous of like the the energy mm. and mm. the amount of things you've got going mm. on. Um, but
0: then it's, it, there's never a point in being jealous of someone mm. else's situation well, because it's, it's not exactly well, what I'd like to well, do. It's, 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 being perfectly honest, it's, it's, it's a mix of jealousy and also competitiveness as well. Like. Uh because there's so few people documenting it it's very easy to see what other people are doing right so I'm not saying like I want to be oh, like, part of so like, I want to be the best and want to do things the best like, there will always be that little level of competitiveness but never to the point where it's like I want to bring you down it's more I want to push myself up and right. that side of it so like, I'll see like um going back to Loud Poets like they've got a filmmaker as one of their friends Perry Thompson. and like he is full time freelancer who works for BBC in, in Scotland and like does lots of other stuff and like we'll do it to a professional level so I'll see what he's doing and it's like okay there's a goal there's something I can try and do and like you got to up your yeah, game now and like there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a few um, in London that I know um, Black Superhero and Andre LL Media like they're doing some great stuff and like Andre films all of um, Word Up's events and like, he doesn't to a very nice standing and say, OK, cool, you're doing that. Let's see what I can do that either... What, what am I doing differently what am I doing that you're not doing and stuff like that and like, you're seeing it more in that sense of it
1: Right, because that is a connection yeah. between poetry and mm. film yeah. in that one of the reasons why poetry is becoming mm. bigger and bigger yeah. now in culture mm. is that it's going viral yeah. on YouTube yeah. it's going viral on video yeah. and it lends itself to doing mm. that much more than quite a lot of other yeah. writing you know, mm. prose writing doesn't yeah. really lend itself to video yeah um, mm and I guess only certain kinds of poetry mm. lend themselves yeah. to
0: performance so it doesn't necessarily help mm. all of poetry no. it's also as well like with the things going viral part of it's like it needs to be good quality like like a lot of what I'm doing like I, I've done a lot of things for free or for less money than I should do just because I want to do it in the first one but also like it sometimes like Poetry to get better, like as, I, I, I will, I will love, I love the people are filming themselves a lot more, etc. But when so many poetry videos are poets doing filming themselves in their bedroom, etc., like that's cool, but that's not going to help sometimes. Sometimes let's put some effort into the stuff and let's make it good. And it's like I can do that, so I will do that then, yeah. It's, it's that side of it, and again, not saying no one should film in their bedroom or anything like that, but like when that is the majority of stuff, it's like that's not showcasing the scene in possibly the best way. Let's try and something different and put the effort in like if there are people that can do that and help that then, we should, then why not let's do that that's great mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm
1: excited to see this portrait project yeah. that you're kind of working mm-hmm. on in the future and mm-hmm. also or currently and then it'll come out in yeah. the future and I'm also excited to generally see <laughs> like what you're going to do like in terms of documenting mm-hmm. the scene I mean certainly everybody seems to know you that's the most important mm-hmm. thing to be the person mm-hmm. to document the scene mm-hmm people need to know you and you've got that going for you it really has been a real pleasure getting, yeah. getting to know you better like actually sitting down and having a chat with yeah. you I mean we, d- we never did have the kind of complete onslaught of everyone coming out I feel like we, we, we nearly did and certainly there's a lot more people around us at this point than there were earlier on and I don't know like some people who don't like background sounds won't enjoy this episode but that's, that's the way these things go sometimes um, but yeah the last question I ask uh, everybody is do you have anything to plug?
0: Um, main plug would be um, Scores Please Scores Please is my documentary series I'm working on at the moment which is following the Poetry Slam scene. Um, It's on my YouTube channel, which is called Process Productions. Um, I've got seven episodes out of that so far. The eighth episode will be coming out at some point in August. I've been aiming to release them the first week of each month, so it'll be coming out roughly the first week of August. Other than that, um, I'll be up at Fringe doing Boomerang Club from the 19th to the 27th. It'll be 11.05 at the Banshee. Um, it's free there'll be different features each night including Harry Baker Gecko Daniel Piper Leila Josephine and more but yeah, other than that yeah Process Productions Boomerang Club so you're in the Banshee Labyrinth but the Banqueting Hall yes wicked
1: I love that room I, yeah Sanat Tragedy did uh, did a couple of years in the Banshee yeah. and uh, I love that venue yeah. generally yeah um, so yeah people should check you out there
0: like, it'll be fun having the 11.05 slot cause it's, it's, a good it's, it's, slot. it's the late night slot it's the weird slot yeah. but it's a it's the oh, good slot weird works boomerang weird works boomerang very well yes.
1: <laughs> excellent well um, the last thing that I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience goodbye audience <laughs> bye everybody <laughs> The next Smut Slam is on the 13th of September because we're taking August off. It's at the Dog Star in Brixton. Doors open at 7.30. The theme will be sex education. As well as making Getting Better Acquainted, I also co-produce and, I guess, star in the magical realist audio drama podcast, The Family Tree. Season 1 of The Family Tree is available to listen to on the website thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk But even more exciting than Season 1 is the soon-to-be-released Season 2. So in the middle of July, there's going to be a mini-episode which will explain more about what Season 2 is going to be. And then from August, Season 2 of The Family Tree begins. But in order to keep making it and to make season two as good as we want it to be we need your help so if you can afford to then please do consider signing up to our patreon appeal you can follow getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can like getting better acquainted on facebook and you can find getting better acquainted on itunes soundcloud those kind of places but remember there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.